Hello, everybody. Welcome to Yerushalmi uh, Brachos of Vav in the Ozvahutter print. Um, for those of you that are inclined towards Agatha, there's a lot of it in Yerushalmi, and especially in Brachos. And today we're going to uh, talk about three important people, and hopefully we'll explain two, um, two lines in the Gemara, which are very, very interesting, and there's a lot of Mepharshim on them. So hopefully we have a lot to cover, and I will try to get started. So probably one of the most authoritative and famous of the early Mepharshim of the Gadata throughout Shas, which includes Bavli and Yushami, is the Ein Yaakov. That was written by Rav Yaakov. His father's name was actually Shlomo, but they call him Ibn Chaviv. That was his grandfather's name. That was probably like a, a very famous family name, um, which got taken on. And um, he actually published a lot or started writing a lot of his um, Purish in the 1500s, about 1516, and then he passed away in the middle and his son took over. And anyway, there's a large amount that's written on Yerushalmi, which is very, very helpful for Agatha. So he's one important name for, uh, most people are familiar with Ein Yaakov, and you'll see that he's used a lot, and his style has been copied by a lot of people. Then you have uh, someone that really grasped onto um, Midrashim and really, really excelled in explaining them, also in the 1500s. You have Shmuel Yaffa Eshkenazi. So um, what you find his name, you know, as the Feitor, he uses that Yaffa name for a lot of things. Um, and, and he's very, very prominent in Medrash Rabbah. Now, remember, we said originally that uh, since, according to many, Rav Yochanan wrote both Medrash Rabbah and the Yerushalmi, so there's a large correlation between them, and many, many Medrashim um, are found in the Yerushalmi and vice versa. So um, the this person, Rav Shmuel um, Yaffa Eskenazi, was born in 1525 and died in 1595. So, um, And he is made famous, really, by the Marsha, who actually quotes him a lot. And so um, the third person that I'm going to get to, who explains a lot of Agatha on, on the blot, is actually this sefer over here called the Agatas Elio. This is um, Revelio of Vilna, not to be confused with someone who came a little bit after him, the, the Vilnagon. This is written by um, a person um, who died in 1729, and he's very famous for the Shevet Musser, which many people are familiar with. It's kind of like an, it has an agotic way of going through Musser, which is very fascinating. Medrash Talpios, which is his uh, Kabbalistic side, which is very fascinating as well, and um, the Me'il Tzedakah. Um, and, and apparently he wrote about 30 Sfarim, many, many of them I've seen in print, but those are kind of his most famous. Uh, the Mil Tzedakah talks about the Medrashi Agata about Tzedakah. Um, so oftentimes he picks up kind of the things from, uh, he uses extensively from Medrash Rabbah and Bracious Rabbah, especially the Mepharshim, um, especially the Fator, who uh, we'll be quoting hopefully today to explain two passages. One quick thing, a lot of people don't read Hakdamas. I actually do, uh, I try my best to, and there's some really, really fascinating things. So in the Hakdama to Agadis Elio, this Revelio of Vilna, um, so he writes about a very big tragedy that happened in his life, and it's an interesting story in itself. If you take a look, uh, in this print it's on page, where is it? Uh, 31. And he says that he um, had some challenges in his life, and one of them specifically is that um, he had a dear son who he loved very, very um, much. And unfortunately, this child, um, who is very young, doesn't call him exactly Yelid Shashuim Rach V'yachid V'tov. So I guess um, a very, very precious son passed away. Um, and he basically writes that he was in a tremendous depression and unable to move around at all. It doesn't explain exactly how long it was, but it sounds like it was for a pretty long time until finally he grabbed himself. Um, and said, I'm going to help myself, and I'm going to start learning uh, Yerushalmi and Agadita, and uh, that was Moshe Chizlev, and he was able to uh, start learning that, and Hashem opened it up, and I was able to, he writes, you know, kind of move on in life, which is really, really fascinating. So um, take a look there, if, if, you know, in case you want that. I've uh, I've seen um, the Maral's brother um, wrote a sefer called Sefer Achayim, and he actually um, writes about a very similar thing that his wife and daughter in the 1500s um, you know, had died in a plague, and he was stuck at home in, in depression, and um, he writes a similar thing, that he started learning Agadita and wrote with Sefer on Agadita, Sefer Achaim, which brought him life. Um, and he also says a very similar thing, that the word um, Agadita is actually the same words of Daiga, and 
um, that, that when a person learns it, it's Moshe Chislev and it helps them move forward. So I, I think one of the Pshatim is obviously it's Torah and it's Musameach, but also Agarata gives a lot of Hashkafa and a way to look at life. Um, and so let's let's go through a couple of Ha'aras, but anyway, I just wanted to share that point with you because um, it's a very Chashiv Sefer, the Agarata Selio, and it's uh, for, for especially for understanding Agarata of Shas. Um, and maybe not as well known as what I think it should be. Um, so going on down Vav and Aleph in the Osvahadar print again. That's what we're going to be following here. So there's two Gemaras I want to try to explain uh, today very briefly. Um, one of them is that the, the Yerushalmi tells us a very interesting thing. So it says that Eitz Chaim Echad Mishishim Lagan. Eitz Chaim is 160th of a Gan. Now, I'm not very good at math, but when we hear the word 160th, we know that usually that has to do with Basar B'chalav, with something that's Batal, Batal B'shishim, 160th. There's something very fascinating going on here that the Eitz Chaim is... Um, which is the tree, which is right in the middle, right in the middle of the gan. So um, that was um, only one sixtieth of the whole gan itself. Okay, so um, let's let's explain exactly, perhaps, what something that's going on over here. So there's an earlier gemara on Daf Hamon Bays that many of the mafarshim um, explain. What he explains is like this: that um, the way that he interprets this gemara is that there's two opinions brought, being brought down right here. One of them is that there's this fifty-year distance um, that the firmament spans, and the other opinion is that it's a five hundred-year distance, which most of us are more familiar with that opinion with these five hundreds um, because of the Gemara in uh, because of the Bavli and the Gemara in Sanhedrin as well says that one end of the world to the other is the same from heaven to earth, which implies that it's the same five hundred-year journey, whatever that means. Okay, um, and so basically, what the way the Eitz Yosef explains our Gemara. Um, is that the Brisa is telling us that this tree of life sustains the whole world, which makes sense because to a certain degree it represents Torah. That, that's what time is, it's Torah, and that's what sustains the whole world. However, there's a very famous shot brought down, um, I've seen a few people that bring it down, um, but it's brought down by the Bnei Yisrael that basically he says that that if you have something that's spanning the entire world, but yet it's only 160th of Gan, which let's just say that's Gan Aden, even though the Gemara itself says there's something called Gan, there's something called Aden, which are two different things. But let's just for simplicity say that um, the entire world is saying that it's Batul Bashishim to Gan, to Gan Aden. And what that means, according to the Bnei Sasser, metaphorically, is that the entire Olam Haza, which we go through, it shouldn't distract us. It's all Batul Bashishim when it comes to the reward, the ultimate reward of Ruchnius that Hashem is trying to give us. Now it's interesting because we're kind of using the, the Eitz HaChaim um, as... A representation of, on the one hand, it's Torah, because it spans the whole world in one shot. The other hand, we're also saying that it re- represents the world itself. And that's okay. And, and, and I got it to, we, you know, could make those clue, but I just want to put that down. So what, 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 what it seems to be saying is that it spans this 500 year, um, expansion of, of, of covering the entire world. Um, and, and I thought that was just a very, very powerful, uh, thing to keep in mind. It'll tie into our second part here. And again, there's a lot more to say, but I'll just kind of give you the Rashi Prakim. So, um, Rav Yudah is the one that said that the ferment is about 50 years, and the Rabbanans say that it is 500 years. Now, when the, when the Rabbanans say that it's 500 years, they say something very, very interesting. So they say it's, the the distance is Kishnei Avos HaRishonim. It corresponds to the years of the Avos' life. Um, now, if you do the math, what does that mean? They're saying that it's 500, although there's a problem. So Avram, we know, lived for 175 years. He was supposed to live to 180. He lived to 100. He lost those five years not to see Esav or whatever it was. Uh, we know Yitzhak lived the full 180 out of all the Avos, and Yaakov lived 147 years. That's what the Pasuk says, Mephorish. Now, for those of you that are mathematicians, that's 502 
or for those of you that are not mathematicians. Um, so let's just put that on the side for a minute. We'll, we'll answer that in a second. But so the Gemara is saying that it's 500 just like their years. Why? Because the Pasuk says, And that remez of um, just like, um, what's it called? Like the days of the heaven upon the earth, that's referring to that distance of 500 years that it spans that, which corresponds to Avos. So obviously this is something very esoteric being said over here. Um, and I want to try to explain it a little bit. So first, let's just kind of deal with that problem of, is it 500 or 502? So uh, the Haredim here and the Rosh Cerilio, who hopefully we'll explain more about them later. So they basically say it's Lav Dafka, 500, 502 is the same. But many others explain that it is Dafka. For example, you have Mara Fulda here, if you want to take a look, or the Efei Mara. Also say, um, based on a Medrash Yomadu quoted in Yalkut Shimoni, it's also quoted in uh, some versions of Tanhuma, which the Agadis Elio brings down, which is that they say, um, that since um, Avram was only Makir Boro in his when he was three, so that means his first two years of his life he he didn't have a connection with Hashem, so to speak, in that in that full way. So therefore, it's that's five hundred years of their lives that were connected to Hashem. That's one shot. Rechaim Kanievsky brings this down. Also, he was a great Bucky, and he brings down this shot as well. There's one more shot that's brought down. Um, Archibald brings this down. They have they're they're. Pirish is amazing, um, from Rav David Oppenheim, which I did not, I was not familiar with, that he says that the two years that Yaakov, uh, a famine that Yaakov suffered before coming down to Mitzrayim, they don't count, which is interesting because Yaakov himself was punished for complaining about them, etc. But, um, and he based on a Medrashir, Shirim Rabbah, so he does seem to have a, a source for that. There's something amazing and beautiful that I want to add here also, in just this whole Gemara, learning out the years of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And remember how I said that, Torah, so, um, this is just really, really profound, and you just see how Chazal really delved into Pesukim in such such depth. So, in Yalkutshmoni um, Hazinu, Perak Lamad Beis, it's Os Tuf Tuf Kuf Mem Gimel. So, it's actually darshing this Pesuk of Yisovenu Yivonenu, which is something that needs to be explained in itself. And it says the following lashon: Ajlo Ba Avram Avinu Olam before Avram came to the world, Kaviachalohaya Kadosh Baruch Hu Melech Elah Shemayim Belvad Shemar Hashem Lo Shemayim. That Hashem was only the king in the heavens because he wasn't acknowledged on earth. Like it says in the Pasik, um, and that's that's what it says. So if we just tie that into our Gemara, realize that it's Laman That it's Gufa because of this Madrega that Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were Mamel Hashem on the Adama, which is the whole purpose of Hashem. Which, by the way, this this corresponds to the Gemara in Bavli and Brachos, which says that no one called uh, Hashem an Adon. I and Shem, there's a lot more to say there, as we see, just Derei Chazal have so much depth. But think about what's being said here, because that's the whole purpose here, to be Mamel Hashem on, in this world. Agav, that Medrash continues, it's a fascinating Medrash, and it says that um, Yitzreinu Kiyishon Eno, Eno, like like his eye, I feel a bikish hamakam Avram vidu galgal eno. Even if Hashem would have asked Avram for his eye, hayanosin lo, he would have given it to him. Velo galgal eno bovad el afilu nishmaso hayanosin lo. Shechavivu lo binakol shenamar kachna as binchas yechidcha because that's what Avram gave for Hashem, which shows a tremendous amount of sacrifice. Derech agav, just because I'm quoting that medrash, the way I explain galgal eno is two ways. Obviously, a person's vision is something that's very precious to them, so that's what it's explaining. But also. There's two more parts here. One of them is Shemir Seinayim, which is Kedusha, which is a way to connect with Hashem. That's what the Medrash is referring to. That Hashem even asked for his eyes, he would give it to him, which is one of the hardest things to give, because Gezel and Arayis, and the second shot is that his eyes is his perspective in the world, that he gave them all to Hashem, and he said, Hashem, you're the only way that I look at this world through your through your lens. You own my eyes, and you own my perspective in life. And then, lastly, my 
my um, last Agal part, is that you find this exact same Holy Yisod um, about just giving, uh, about taking your life and giving it to Hashem by Noah. That what, what do you find by Noah? That he was six, 600 years when the Mabel started, and we know he was in the table for one year based on the Pesukim. That's how long it lasted. Not the heavy rains, but the entire ordeal of the Mabel before he exited. And then the Pesuk says that he lived for another um, he lived to 950, and the, the Pusik says that he lived for 350 years after the Mabel. So something doesn't work there, because if he was 600 when he walked in, he was there for a year, he's 601. Then he lived another 350 years, so then he's 951. What happened to that year? And so again, you see that a person doesn't lose any time off of his life when he's serving Hashem, which is very, very important. You could argue that mathematically, maybe his birthday fell out a different way, but I don't think that's correct. You find the Madrashim even say that the time of the Mabel was not Ulam and Aminion. There's a lot to fight back with me on that whole shtickle, but that's why I'm doing this, so that we could have a conversation. So I want to leave off with one last thing on that 500-year point, which is from the Agatha Salio, and it's a very, very fascinating shot, and, and, and he brings down, uh, it's a little bit more lengthy, so I'll try to make it quick, but I and Shum for the full amount, okay? So it's like this. Um, the the famous mission of Avos Parag Aleph Mishnah Bey says Shimon Atzadik says that Al Shloshadvarim Olam Omi that the world stands on three things Al Torah Valavodah Gavulas Chasadim. So he has a couple of kashas and they're very famous. One of them is why are you saying a number? Just say Olam Omi on these three things. Why do you say three? Obviously, there's a hint to the Avos in there, right? Um, also, why does he say? Um, why does? Why do you need anything? Why do you need Avodah um, Gavulas Chasadim? Everything is stands of Torah. Torah is everything. So why do you have these other mitos as well? And another kasha is that Shimon Atzadik says that it's Torah avodah gemilas chasadim. But then Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says later that I'll had that the world stands. Well, it doesn't say that exact word. It says um, Olam is kaim. It's it's it maintains itself. Al hadin vala emes vala shalom. So and that's in Mishnah Yudches. So what's going on? What's the difference? And why is it that Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says that the world is kaim on that? Which means seems to be it's preserved. Um, and then the other, and 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 um, yet, Rabbi Atzadik says that the, the world is omade; it stands on these three things. So again, I'm not going to go through the exact long shot, but it's it's a brilliant shot and it's worth seeing inside. But basically, I'll regalachas. What he says is like this: that the avos carry the entire world, but they also individually could carry the world by themselves to a certain degree. And there's a lot there's a lot to say about that. But basically, we find by Yaakov that Yaakov is Ishtam Yoshe Bahalim. So his mita clearly is Torah, which is the first of the. To, uh, you know, Torah Avodah Gemilas Chasadim. Yitzchak is called Avoda. He was a carbon for Hashem, and Avram is a famous Gomel Chesed. Vayita Eishal Bereshava. Aga, this whole discussion of Eitz, which is what what the Gemara on on uh, Hayam and Beis is talking about, also makes a lot of sense that the Eitz Hadas is going to refer to Avraham. We'll come back to that in a second because he was the one that showed the Das to the whole world, and he was one. Uh, he used a tree which might have come from Gan Eden, according to the Zohar, etc. Okay, so then Ragamliel says that. On the zechus of any one of them, it's kaim. It could maintain on any one of them. So it's true that Hashem wants these three mitos to be in the world, and that's what keeps the world going. Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. But even um, even on one of the others, it's kaim that they they have enough to to keep it going. And he explains a lot of things. But basically, he says that eitz chaim is mahali chamesh meos shona. What does that mean? That it's five hundred years. So that means that that Avraham Avinu himself, um, who who showed the whole world the eitz, he brought everybody under the the the. Um, the wing of Hashem under the shade of Hashem, um, so that so that itself um, keeps the whole world, which is 500 years in length. Um, by the way, if you um, do, you know how long it is to drive the entire world to to uh, go through the circumference of the whole world to drive. So um, if you drive your car um, from one where you start to where you end, I know obviously you can't because there's water in the way, but technically, um, so basically if you put 
um, 100,000 miles on your car, you've driven around the world four times. It's about 25,000 miles. So I don't know exactly how you would define 500 years because that doesn't really work out mathematically by foot. If you walk, you know, 40 parsa in one day, it would seem like you could actually walk around the world maybe faster, but swimming, I'm not sure. But either way, so I'm not really sure exactly what 500 years means around the whole world, but somehow there's that's some calculation. But anyway, the point is that the whole world is standing on the Zuchus of the Avos. Um, and that's that. That's what um, that's a lot of what the Gemara is being Rami's to over here. Ayin Shem, there's a lot more there, and it's, he has a couple of pages on it, and it's really really fascinating ideas. But that's just a little glimpse. When we learn through uh, the Chazal, there's there's so much depth and there's so much to learn uh, from it from every word that they share with us. Take care. Thank you for joining.